Hello, everyone. This is What's New in Adaptive Physical Education with your host, Scott McNamara. I have a very interesting podcast uh, interviewee today. I have Matt Nay here today, and he is representing Kakana, which is an adaptive fitness platform, uh, not, not a platform of something that you walk on, but an internet website and an internet service for people with disabilities, though. So, Matt, thank you for coming on the, the podcast. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think you're you're an interesting person that's coming in at an interesting time to talk about online learning and online virtual and providing things. And then you're talking about doing it in this adaptive physical activity space, which uh, there is so little information out there on right now. Uh, and so I think you could plug in a very, very niche and very, very valuable service here. So with that, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background in this online learning space and, and how you got interested in working with people with disabilities? Yeah, so I'll give you some background and it will it will shed some light on how I came up, how Kakana eventually came about um, and, and kind of my evolution as much as Kakana's evolution. So I had a company seven years ago uh, that was a on-demand fitness platform so uh, and it was for kids in the classroom and teachers could click on a, a video two to five minutes in length and stream it to to the kids in the class and, and they could get up you know similar to the, the brain breaks uh, that that people are coining um these days and kids would get up right next to their desk do a workout and go back and, and study and and the the science behind movement and education and learning is now is a huge um kind of developed subject and and we were tapping into that early on and while i was doing research into our videos what was working what wasn't talking to teachers talking to, to students principals um i was observing in the classroom and i kept finding that 20 30 percent of the classroom wasn't participating in our videos. And, and so, uh, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you ask why, and you, you try to figure out what's going on and look, some didn't like it. Fine. That's, that's going to be the case with everything. Right. But over and over, I kept coming across answers that well, so-and-so couldn't do it. Wasn't able to do it. Couldn't process it was unable uh, to do it because it was a student with a disability. And after the fifth day and, and just watching this, it struck me that I, I was creating content that was for 70% of the population, the student population. Um, and I went home and for the next kind of five, six, seven days, I just started researching streaming fitness, streaming adapted fitness, adapted exercise, um, inclusive fitness, inclusive exercise, and really going down as many rabbit holes as I could to figure out what was out there in the, in the streaming world or in the on-demand world. Um, and granted, this is pre-pandemic. So we're talking 2019. Um, and I found nothing. Actually, no, that's not true. I found a handful of videos on YouTube from Ben Clark, 
uh, out of London or out of England. And then I found um, a handful of videos from Lakeshore, but they were all geared towards, Ben Clark's were good. Uh, Lakeshore's were geared towards senior citizens. And, um, and my question was, this was around the time that Peloton was coming of age. Um, not yet public, but just really ramping up. My question was, well, why can't there be a Peloton that's accessible first, that's for individuals with disabilities? And, and my initial thought process, well, I'll add it into what, what, what was Fitbound, my old company, and we'll create a student version and a, a child version. Um, right around the time that I was doing this research, someone approached me to, to buy our videos uh, and buy Fitbound, and I took it on them. Uh, so I, I, I took them up on it, sold Fitbound, um, and I had, and Fitbound was without the inclusive side, yeah, the, the adapted side. And so I had this new thought process that I have not seen yet. Um, and so that's off we went. Uh, and from, from kind of that point, we, you know, we, we dabbled in the on-demand side only, and then we dabbled in, you know, trying to do live and then the pandemic hit. Um, and that really, that actually changed our course because we had set out to film a hundred on-demand videos to go along with what we were going to do. And, and obviously that got scrapped. Um, and so we started just creating what is now CrossCycle. Uh, and we just started testing and, and trying to figure out and why me, me and um, Sonny Miller, who's a friend of mine, um, who was a soul cycle instructor. And so we took a hand cycle, which or a tabletop hand cycle, and we took the kind of the components that Peloton was running with their bike, soul cycle runs with their boutique cycling, and we adapted it. And then once we felt confident in a handful of exercises, we put it out in the world and said, hey, look, we have a free beta trial. It's going to last a month. Let me know if you're interested. And we got 15 people. Uh, and from there, we just started testing and running workouts every, every Monday, every Wednesday, every Monday and Wednesday. Um, and what was turned from that beta class ended up as Kakana. And um, along the way, you're, you're, throwing out stuff that doesn't work. You're adding stuff that does work. You're asking questions. And, and at the end of the day, we asked people, would you pay for it? They said, yes, of the 15 people that were in the beta class, I believe 12 are still members. So, um, you know, we, we found something that individuals that, that didn't have access to, no one had access to it because it wasn't available. It wasn't around. Um, and we were the first to jump into the space. And, and from there, it's been you know, we, we've added classes, but that was our starting, that was my evolution as well as Kakana's. Tell me a little bit about um, how, like, first off, I'm, I am interested in your organization first off and how, like what that all looks like, but how did you come up with the name Kakana? So <laughs> Kakana was, I mean, to be honest, we almost, we almost had to launch without a name because I was so fed up <laughs> with the, the, the terrible, I have a, uh, I have a, a legal notepad full of chopped up names and, and, and uh, half names. And, you know, you're thinking Googles and, and Amazons and Apples. And, um, and I came across in a, in a deep dive, I came across the root word Kakan. 
which is a Japanese fighting spirit that literally means bold, determined, daring, and courageous. And what I wanted Kukana to be, to embody, was to really fight and, and be the antithesis of what people thought of when they thought of adaptive fitness, which was don't let people get hurt. Let's make sure that they're safe. Let's make sure they're in a bubble. Uh, individual disabilities don't want to work hard. They can't because of the disability. I wanted to break all those preconceived notions up and be a aggressive, unapologetic company. And so when you, when you come across bold, determined, daring, and courageous in a Japanese fighting spirit, game over. That's pretty cool. I yeah, came up I mean, with that. It, it fit perfectly. So we added an A at the end and, and off we went. Very cool. I want to know a little bit more about like your organization in general and like the, the multitude of things that you're offering as far as the online learning. Like what, like talk, talk to me first about some of the things that you're offering and how you're offering them right now through your organization. Cause I've gone through your website and, and I'll definitely hit on some different things, but it seems like you have a lot of different things that you're offering. Yeah. So it's, it, it starts first and, for, first and foremost with the instructors. Uh, our instructors are our lifeblood. Uh, they are what makes people come back. Uh, they are individuals with disabilities as well, which uh, the representation I thought was vital. And it wasn't, we're just going to pick individuals with disabilities. It's individuals with and without disabilities, teaching individuals with and without disabilities. So anybody can come on and be taught by an individual that's going to instruct them in a really high intensity manner but it's mixed. It's not one side goes left, one side goes right, and then that's it. So it really does start with instructors and, and they are all certified in adaptive fitness. And I think that starting point was, was crucial because one, it brings an authenticity, like we have had conversations before. Uh, it brings a stability and understanding each person Right? each individual who's a member who may not be able to do a specific movement. And our instructors are able to guide them and give them adaptions on the fly that can keep them in the workout without having to feel different or, or you know, out of place. And so um, really that, that's our starting point. Um, and the credit goes to every instructor because um, they're the personality on screen and they're the ones that are motivating, challenging, educating, teaching, um, instructing. And so, and so if that's the starting point, then we worked with trying to find important and, and big personalities that, that are educated in, in the space and then working off of them, right? So we have a strength class. Uh, we have a kettlebell class. We have obviously cross cycle, which I mentioned, which is kind of our version of a boutique cycling class. So it's cardio and strength combined. Um, yoga, uh, meditation, cardio boxing. Uh, and so we have these variety of classes that people can tap into and really work with what interests them. I definitely um, honed in on the instructor's aspect because I did notice that I think about half your instructors have a have a, 
a visible disability on your uh, website. And it, when I looked at them, it looks like, you know, some of them have, um, you know, former Paralympians and, and so on and so forth. Um, you know, I, I'm interested, honestly, in kind of what sparked that initial thought of, hey, I want to get people with disabilities to be represented here. And, and as you said, not just the random person with disability, but, and then also like, how did you go about recruiting? You know, I looked at some that, yeah, like uh, I think at least two of your people have some Paralympic background. I mean, that's, that's very impressive. Just, you, you, you find them, you, they're, they're mentioned to you through friends, through contacts, um, hunt some of them down. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it was, at the beginning, you found actually our first instructor came from our beta class and he, he just had a personality that blew, that was just coming through the screen. Um, and do you want to instruct at the end of it? And, you know, he jumped in. So that was, that was the first one. And then from there, you, I got introduced to blaze through a, a common friend. Um, I got introduced to, um, Kevin through, another person who I was trying to bring on um, and she couldn't do it, but she was like, you need to talk to a friend of mine in New Jersey. So, Great. And so it, it just happened that some people fell in your lap. Some people you had to go kind of hunt down and, and cause I, I really like what this person's doing. Um, but also I think the, what we were pitching was wildly different. And so you know, you're, you have an opportunity to get on the ground floor of something that, that could be quite special. Um, and, uh, and I, and so it's kind of, it's random occurrences in, in most cases. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, something that we talked about when we, we talked a few weeks back is about, um, you know, the, the differences between online learning spaces and face-to-face -face spaces and if I recall, you're, you know, you're trying to do a variety of different things to kind of alleviate some of the issues around online learning in the physical space or, or, or versus a face-to-face -face space. So um, can you talk a little bit more about like, and, you know, you just said like in your beta group, you had somebody, their personality was beaming through in the online, like just yeah. you could see that they wanted to be an instructor and that they could, they should be. One of the deficits of online learning is social interactions, okay? And, and that's huge in a physical activity setting because we know that if you're around other people and you're working out, you're much more likely to continue to engage, and have better benefits. So how are you trying to um, overcome those obstacles in that type of setting and those social interactions? Yeah, so it goes both ways, right? Because when, when you're talking about the disability world, accessibility alone can, can keep people isolated. And so when we talk about physical activity, fitness, you know, gyms, it doesn't always apply in the same, you know, apples to apples, right? And so what, what I found is if you can create a community, an authentic community, to use that word again, around fitness, that people it doesn't matter where you're working out, whether it's in a gym or on a screen on Zoom or, or you know, in your own home. And, and what we try to do to kind of evolve that was, was to, create, to create spaces and an environment that would further that along 
over the course of not just the workout, but um, your week. And, and so what we've done is we call it our virtual locker room. Uh, and so our instructors get on 10 minutes before each class, stay a handful of minutes after. Members can jump on early with the instructors and or they could jump on right as the, you know, as, as the workout starts. But it gives people an opportunity to, to hang out and to talk. No different than if we were to go to the gym and we were to just head in and we're talking while we're getting ready, right? You're, you're having a conversation during that time that is meaningful or it can be stupid, but the, connect, the connection's meaningful and you feel a part of what's going on, right? You are, you are invested because you enjoy the person you're talking to or you get to learn about the instructor or the instructor gets to learn about you um, and look, these conversations take a thousand different roads, right? We've had conversations that were really important about, hey, I can't do this exercise. I can't lift my arms over my head. Could you give me an adaption for what's going on? And um, yeah, no problem. That way it's in a, in a safe space and it's, it's without stress because the workout's not starting. And look, the, the conversation can be also as stupid as what your favorite Thanksgiving side is. And people are just talking, they're enjoying friendship. And so that for before and after has really allowed us to evolve our community where we have people who are friends offline, off of the workout because they have gotten to know each other on the workout. Um, and so for us, wrapping interaction and community around fitness is almost one in the same. And, and that's for me, that's where we evolve Kakana is, is you run it as a parallel track, inter almost intersecting as you go, but um, never forgetting one or the other. And, and I can definitely see how, especially being an accessible space, how that can really benefit a lot of people with disabilities because um, there's so many reasons, you know, why they might feel or, or there might be physical barriers to them getting to the gym or attitudinal barriers from the people at the gym or whatever or perceived things like that, that definitely would allow them to maybe open up and see people like themselves working out as well. Um, so I think, yeah, again, like I, I think you're doing, you're filling a void that, that needs to be filled. And it sounds to me like you're doing it and you're trying to actually bring in quality people to do it and not just some Joe Schmo, which I think, um, somebody could have also done and filled the void, but not to the same extent, you know, so I'm happy that you're doing it um, yeah. just because there's like nothing, you know, there's so little in this space, um, you know, but I, I want to keep going back and, and talk about the online learning aspect of it because sure, I, sure. I, I'm not somebody, I, I do research on online learning and in uh, the field of physical education and kinesiology. And I just did a big review. So I did like, I looked at all these papers over the last 20 years um, and it, it'll be coming out in a, um, kinesiology reviews in a few months. And uh, we looked at 20 years of empirical research on online learning and adapted physical activity spaces. Well, we found like five articles, which is not much over a 20 year period. Yeah. Right. So that's like nothing. Right. So and that means we're not doing a good job about researching it. So we don't always we, like what you're doing being an entrepreneur is great, but we don't have a lot of evidence-based practices around this mm -hmm. either because of that. One of the things that when I look at online learning, the two biggest issues I see 
is social interactions, which you've addressed. And I think it makes sense. I think, especially yeah. for this group. The other one though is feedback. I think that instructors struggle to give this type of feedback that they would give in a face-to-face -face learning setting, right? Because you're not able to see the body in the same way. You're not, you know, there's less one-on-one -on -one direction. And, and I just wonder how you might be trying to navigate that. Yeah. So it's quite easy right now because our classes are small, right? So you can you can provide one-on-one -on -one feedback. Um, problems, good problems arise when you grow and, and different problems arise when you grow. And, um, and I think feedback when you are in a when you are when you are in a group setting group class setting feedback is different than when you're in a one-on-one -on -one training setting or a physical therapy setting which we are not right we're not a physical therapy um, platform um, we actually did a blog on we why fitness is not physical therapy right and um and so Individual feedback, I think, is is vital when you're talking about a one-on-one -on -one interaction. Individual feedback in terms of form is important, right? And you can change and you can fix that in the run of a workout. Where we want to head, and this is kind of where where my mind goes, is that as we grow, as Kakana grows, and there becomes thousand members, ten thousand members. The classes and what people tend to do when you grow is the classes get broader and they become trying to be, you know, be a 30,000 foot so that everybody under it can feel apart. Where I see kind of going is we make our classes more niche specific. And so that what you're talking about, someone, an individual that's a quadriplegic, right? Or, or an individual that is a below knee amputee, right? Could do a class, a yoga class or a cardio class with people that are specific to them. It doesn't have to be the only place they work out, but they have the option to dial into that class that then they could get specific feedback, right? That is directly pertinent to them. And I think, I think that for us, is an evolution that is is wildly different um, because if you look at the streaming platforms out there that are not accessible, right? Um, they do their thing and you jump in or you don't, right? That's it. But for me and, and the way I view Kakana is it's for the individual. And it's even more important when you're talking about the disability world because every, it, every individual, even with a similar disability is different. The way they hold their gate right the what they eat where they're from you know it, it's just everything evolves differently and so that feedback will be important and if you make a class more specific you get more chance to do that i think that makes a lot of sense and i think doing it to some degree by disability and then obviously the physical activity and the level of because you'll see there's different oh, yeah. people that, that have different levels of you know, fitness goals and things like that too. I mean, that would be well, really ideal. And um, I think you're hitting on something great doing an online setting because the thing that we have often is issues. So if I want to create a community-based thing around that, well, in my community, maybe I can bring in 30 or 40 people with dis disabilities to come do that, right? 
great. But you talk about the like mixed or the variant, like the range and ability levels and different types of ability uh, of uh, disabilities and the different types of even goals that they have set for themselves is so vast between that that yeah. 40, 30 people that I can get in my community that if you can grow this in an online setting, you can actually do something like that, which would be awesome. Yeah. So it's I, and it it also provides if you're someone who's looking to train for a triathlon. Yeah. And I'm someone that's just getting into fitness, right? And whether we have a similar disability or not, right? You can serve as motivation for me. I can serve as men mentee to you, right? There are different ways to evolve a community where people can lean on other people to, and with wildly different goals, with the same goals, with similar disabilities, with wildly different disabilities. I mean, um, the way I envision Kakana working down the down the line is you have these niche classes that are that are maybe once a week and you get a chance to to interact in that specific nature but then you you can jump into the the pro series or the the beginner series and you're you're in a more group-based class that is fun that is engaging and so you have this back and forth that allows you to connect with different people as well and i think that's the biggest thing for me is the more interaction with different people you have, the more successful and the more comfortable someone feels. Yeah. And by the uh, way, once you feel comfortable and you, and you feel a part of something, you go back, you, you work out or you do anything more, you come back more, you, you interact more. I mean, it just, it compounds itself and the body's healthier because of it. Absolutely. So I, I'm going to ask a question. Um, I have a few more and this one I've had a few people that are entrepreneurs on the show. And I think that the field of adaptive physical activity is not. And I think to our own, uh, you know, whatever, against our own interests, we're not always super receptive or open to entrepreneurs because I think we're so used to working with schools and universities and nonprofits that it's, it's a different world and a different way of thinking. So I, I want to, I'm asking this and I want to know, and I, I really like what you're doing in your ideas. And I think, especially since you, the instructors and how you're kind of going about all this is very thoughtful. And, but I, I do want to know how you're engaging and tapping into the larger adapted physical activity uh, community, the practitioners, the body of knowledge that exists already. Um, and how, you, how you're doing that, and how you kind of plan on continuing kind of to engage in this larger community that I'm part of, and I have the, right. one of the mouthpieces for, you know? Yeah. So it's an interesting process because when you start out, the first question you get is, oh, it's great. You're a nonprofit, right? And it's just, the, it's the, always the first process. And no, we're not. Uh, we're a for-profit company that is looking to build and grow. And I was, I was extremely nervous is the wrong word, but um, tentative at this because um, I'm an individual without a disability. So 
who's this guy coming in and creating a for-profit charging individuals with disabilities um, a rate, a monthly rate. And what I did was I, I talked and I listened and I talked to as many people as I could. And I tried to find a price point that was reasonable, uh, that wasn't price gouging, like um, a lot of products are out there. Um, that was at a point where folks thought it was worth it, but we could also obviously grow and sustain. Um, and so, and that's where our 1499 came from. Um, it's, you know, it's a, an eighth or a fifth of the cost of a Peloton. And, um, and, and to be honest, a fifth of the cost of most other adaptive platforms out there. So, um, the 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 environment that is nonprofit for profit education um, higher education I was very key aware of early on um, nonprofits especially because you know what are you doing why are, why are you charging um, and so for me conversations were were the starting point and it was the it was having a hundred conversations before we launched that gave me the insight to trust that it, it was okay. Um, and a lot of conversations with activists who I thought would um, kind of have a go at me, but were actually more supportive because the ability, and this is, this is I, I tend, I, I lean on this a lot because I think it's really important. The ability for someone to pay for something is their ability to wield power. And someone who can choose Kakana or choose another platform or choose to and to, you know do their nonprofit or whatever it is, they're they're giving their opinion, right? They're wielding power, their micro power on what they think should work. So imagine the disability world wielding seven trillion dollars worth of power and spending that money where they and they in the broader sense the disability world but um you narrow it down to the groups of people that buy kakana on a monthly basis or buy uh spinergy wheel uh, wheels or wheelchairs on a monthly basis they're telling the economic world where they think they want to be and that's powerful and, and that can be replicated anywhere in any arena. And so I, I lean on that when it came to the entrepreneurial side of, um, of how to choose and where to go. Right. So I, I, and that was, that was a, that was straight from a lot of kind of really aggressive activists that were like, it's okay. We encourage it. And and that gave me the backbone to say, all right, you know what, here we go. Um, and then when you talk about evolving and Kakana and, and interacting, um, look, we're, we're in talks to have our first study done um, with a group out of um, Gannon University, just a small one, just to get the, the ball rolling. Um, the more you were talking about five articles, right? That's insane that there's five articles in 20 years. 
Um, my hope is that we can provide an article or two or five in the next five years that is working in conjunction with higher education to see what works, to see what doesn't work so that we can fix it, right? Um, and so the intertwining with data, I think is always a smart idea. I mean, I think you'd be a fool to, to turn away from it. Um, and that's where I think higher education can come into play and, and you work in conjunction with people to figure out what the next steps are in terms of the data points, but then you use that as a guide, right? If you just follow the data, streaming would have never been out there anyway, because who wants to interact not in person, right? That was the, that was the, that was the call. That was the driving point I got from nonprofits before COVID. None of our members want to stream. No one wants to do it. They can't, they don't want to. It's, it's just not, it's not really realistic. Well, that's not true. So, you know, I think it really is using data as a guide um, in, in, in the future. Very cool. Yeah. And, and I have no problem with you being an entrepreneur myself. I can't, I come mm -hmm. from a family that is a small business, you know, that's my background and yeah. I even helped build it when I was, you know, young. Um, so I have, I have no problem with it. And I, yeah. I, I appreciate you, your thoughtfulness and in, in how you explained it, because I can tell that you're reflective in all this stuff. I think, I think the concern is, is that I think, and, and again, I think a lot of the people that are the power holders or whatever in our field are, are very used to nonprofits or, or universities or which yeah. are nonprofits and schools. Um, and so when we hear entrepreneurial, I think sometimes we like, and I do think there's a lot of people that are entrepreneurs that are more opportunists that, and, and your, your reflective questions, I think demonstrate that it's more than just opportunist um, kind of viewpoint. So I appreciate that. And I think a lot of my listeners will appreciate that too. Um, my last question about uh, your program. So a lot, of, a lot of the people that I would say are listening are other professors, um, undergrad or graduate students. And then I have a, probably a, the next group's probably teachers. So physical education teachers, something like that. So out of those groups, I want you to talk um, a little bit about how your streaming service and how your platform can be used uh, by these individuals. Yeah, so if you think about what is available first, right? Because what I, the, the reason we priced Kakana where it was was to be a compliment. And you, we, we had talked previously about, you know, the difference between in-person and streaming and and it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think, and I think that's the biggest thing is you could go outside and you can interact with your friends and you can go to the gym if you want to go to the gym, but you can also do Kakana. And so I look at the, the educational world in the same capacity. So we, we struck um, a partnership with Michigan State is, an, is a perfect example. And Michigan State had um, a streaming service. They had three on-campus gyms um, and they have adaptive equipment um, and they are a university, a monster university, but they're a university that is very in tune with trying to create equity in, in the uh, disability 
realm inside their university. And when we, we had been talking and I had explained what Kakana was and they're like, well, why can't we offer it here, right? We are already offering a streaming service and we're charging our students with disabilities fee in the, in the rec fee that they can't use. And so we're now streaming our platform to the Michigan, through the Michigan State platform um, at the higher education level, right? And so you use it as rec, right? It, and it's, why does it have to just be students? Why is, you know, teachers or professors or um, staff at the university, everyone can access that platform. And now there's a point where there's something for everybody. If you drop down into the high school range, what, how many adaptive sports are out there in a, in a, in a, one in a school to school in high school, right? Pro, I mean, maybe some high schools are more advanced than others, but in general, zero, one, if you're lucky. Any, I mean, I, we've had discussions on this podcast about it. I mean, there are yeah. examples um, and there's some high quality ones, but sure. uh, if you uh, drop in on the randoms high school or school district, you'll find zero. Yeah, zero. And so um, we're, we're trying to figure out a way here in, in the DC area because Montgomery County has got a, um, a couple people that are into a couple students actually that are driving this, that are into adaptive sports, adaptive fitness. And you provide an outlet that was not otherwise, otherwise there. And it's, it's not just about, um, what, what we don't, what Kakana does, or any other streaming platform doesn't provide, right? It could be Peloton. It's, it's what interests that individual. And if that individual is interested in Kakana at 15 and has 10 friends that want to do it with them, that's a success. And if you're a Michigan State student with, in a wheelchair and you want to go into a cross-cycle class, and for the first time in your lifetime or at school, you actually can have your friends join in. Well, that's pretty cool too. Um, and so I, for me, I think evolving Kakana as a, as a place that is unique in their environment is the most important and, and start the connectivity at the individual level and allow that individual to feel a part of something and bring their friends to be a part of something. Very cool. Um, I, I, I really think that you're on to something. Um, and, and if I were not as busy as I was, I'd say I want to do some <laughs> research with you because I think you're, you're right for some really cool stuff to happen. Um, the, the one, two, one point about the five papers. So that was, we did the research before COVID and I'd say there's probably uh, okay. five yeah, or eight yeah. then. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. But, but that's um, even better, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and making the time to come on and talk about your 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 product and, and what you're doing. And, and again, I really think what you're doing is a service to, the, to our community. And, you know, 
I would love to have what you're you're talking about at a, a free or discounted level, but I know that the quality won't be there. And I, I want, I'm all about options. Yeah. And, and you're providing an option that was not there before. And, and it sounds to me like a high quality one, uh, or at least the attempt to. So, um, you know, I look forward to uh, hearing how you progress during the, throughout the years. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time as well.